If you imagine less, less will be what you undoubtedly get. Do what you love and don't stop until you get what you love. Um, work as hard as you can. Imagine immensities. This, is, this advice uh, actually represents what modern psychology knows about how belief systems and our own abilities to potentially fuel our behavior and predict our success work. The power of our beliefs, both conscious and unconscious, is remarkable. And changing even the simplest of them can have a profound impact on nearly every aspect of our lives. One of the most basic beliefs we carry about ourselves has to do with how we view and inhabit what we consider to be our personality. A fixed mindset assumes that our character, intelligence and creative ability are static givens which we can't change in any meaningful way and success is the affirmation of that inherited intelligence, an assessment of how those givens measure up against an equally fixed standard. Striving for success and avoiding failure at all costs become a way of maintaining the sense of being smart or skilled. On the other hand, a growth mindset thrives on challenge and sees future not as an evidence of unintelligence or intelligence, but as a heartening springboard for growth and for stretching our existing abilities. So the growth mindset sees failure as a challenge, an opportunity, rather than in a fixed mindset, failure is evidence that we haven't lived up to our potential. Out of those two mindsets, which we manifest from a very early age, comes a great deal of our behavior. Our relationships with success and failure in both professional and personal contexts, and ultimately our capacity for happiness. And that's what I'd like to explore here today. The view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be or whether you accomplish things you value. How does it happen? How can a simple belief have the power to transform your psychology and as a result, your life? Believing that your qualities are carved in stone, as it were, the fixed mindset creates an urgency to prove yourself over and over and over. If you have only a certain amount of intelligence, a certain personality and a certain moral character, well, then you'll be best to prove that you have a healthy dose of them. It simply wouldn't work to look for and feel deficient in those most basic of characteristics. I've seen so many people with this one consuming goal of proving themselves over and over again, whether it's in the classroom, in their career, or in their relationship. Every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence, their personality, or their character. Every situation is evaluated. Is evaluated. Will I succeed or fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? Will I feel like a winner or a loser? And there's another mindset, which we talk about in inner wealth, in which these traits are not simply a hand you're dealt with or and have to live with, always trying to convince yourself and others that you have a royal flush when you're secretly worried that it's a pair of tens. In this mindset, the hand you're dealt with is just the starting point for development. This is a growth mindset, and it's based on belief that your basic qualities are things you can cultivate evolve through your efforts. Although people may differ in every which way in their initial talents and aptitudes, 
interests or temperaments, everyone can change and grow through the application and experience. This is called a growth mindset. Now, do people with this mindset believe that everyone can do anything? That anyone with a proper motivation or education can become Einstein or Beethoven? No way. But they do believe that a person's true potential is unknown and, and unknowable. And that it's impossible to foresee what can be accomplished with years of passion, toil and training. And that's where I come from with inner wealth. The mindset of gratitude, presence, certainty and love is a constantly growing mindset. At the heart of what makes the growth mindset so much a winner is that it creates a passion for learning rather than a hunger for approval. Its hallmark is the conviction that human qualities like intelligence and creativity and even rational capacities like, capacities like love and friendship can be cultivated through effort and, and deliberate practice. Not only are people with this mindset not discouraged by failure, but they don't actually see themselves as failing in any situation. They see themselves as learning, or as I put it in inner wealth, evolving. Evolve, your bastard. Why waste time proving over and over and over and over and over how great you are when you could be getting better? Why hide deficiencies instead of overcoming them? Why look for friends or partners who will just shore up your self-esteem instead of ones who will challenge and grow you? And why seek out the tried and true instead of experiences that'll stretch you? The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, even or especially when it's not going well, is the hallmark of the growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some sort of challenge time in their life, even the worst of challenges. In the last podcast, we talked about uh, change and the challenge of things like a divorce or a death or uh, an illness or something quite severe. And what we said was even moving house can trigger a person into a high, high, high stress situation. And the difference between whether we get into a stress over certain situations is the difference between whether we have a growth mindset or whether we have a fixed mindset. It's as easy as this. So this idea, of course, isn't new. If anything, it's the fodder of self-help books and vacant, you-can-do-anything platitudes. But what makes my work different, however, is that it's rooted in nature, and therefore the nature of how the mind, especially the developing mind, works. We're evolving, identifying not only the core drivers of those mindsets, but how they can be reprogrammed. That's so important for all of us. People with a fixed mindset see risk and effort as potential giveaways of their inadequacy, revealing that they come up short in some way. But the relationship between mindset and effort is a two-way street. It's not just that some people happen to recognize the value of challenging themselves and the importance of effort, which in turn comes directly from growth mindset. When we teach people the growth mindset, with its focus on evolution and development, these ideas about challenge and effort follow. As you begin to understand the fixed and the growth mindset, you'll see exactly how one thing leads to another, how a belief that your qualities are either carved in stone leads to a host of thoughts and actions, and how a belief that your qualities can be cultivated and evolved leads to a host of different thoughts and actions, taking you down an entirely different road. So, 
The mindsets change what people strive for and what they see as success. They change the definition, the significance and impact of most importantly of failure. They change the deepest meaning of effort. Now, please remember at this point, whenever we talk about the human development, we always talk about human nature and we grow at the border of support and challenge, which is failure and success. If we have a fixed mindset, that means we are constantly trying to prove that we've been successful and constantly trying to deny that we're becoming competent. This is something that evolution will not tolerate. This is something that is a fight with nature and it causes all sorts of stress and undue and unnecessary illness and fights in relationship. When you enter a mindset, you enter a new world. In one world, the world of fixed traits, success is about proving you're smart or talented, validating yourself. In the other world of changing qualities, it's about stretching yourself and learning something new, developing yourself. In one world, failure is about having a setback, getting a bad grade, losing a tournament, getting tired, getting rejected. It means you're not smart or talented. In the other world, failure is about not growing, not reaching for the things you value. It means you're not fulfilling your potential. In, an, in one world, effort is a bad thing. It, like failure, means you're not smart or talented. If you were, you wouldn't need effort. In the other world, effort is what makes you smart and talented. Now let's talk about something really powerful from some research that I've been looking through over the last couple of weeks. And the question is, why is presence more important than praise? Let's look at it. In teaching children to cultivate a healthy relationship with achievement, you can explore how these mindsets are born. They form, it turns out, very early in life, and you can change them. In one seminal study, researchers offered four-year-olds a choice. They could either redo an easy jigsaw puzzle or try a harder one. Now, at four years old, even these young children conform to the characteristics of one of the two mindsets. Those with a fixed mentality stayed on the safe side, choosing the easier puzzles that would affirm their existing ability, articulating to the teachers their belief that smart kids don't make mistakes. Those with a growth mindset thought it an odd choice to begin with, perplexed by why would anyone want to do the same puzzle over and over again if they aren't learning anything new? In other words, the fixed mindset kid wanted to make sure they succeeded in order to seem smart, whereas the growth mindset kids wanted to stretch themselves for their definition of success was about becoming better and better at puzzles. I think, something, uh, I think intelligence is something you have to work for. It isn't just given to you just like leadership, just like evolution, just like love. Most kids, if they are not sure of an answer, will not raise their hands to answer the question. But what, usually, what I usually do is raise my hand because if I'm wrong, then my mistake will be corrected. Or I'll raise my hand and say, how would this be solved? I don't get it. Can you help me? Just by doing that, I'm increasing my intelligence. I'm acknowledging I don't know. I remember Osho said one of the things parents make a big mistake on so often in growing up their children is the parent doesn't say, I don't know, often enough. 
So in further research that I read about, people with a fixed mindset were only interested in hearing feedback that reflected directly on their present ability, but turned away information that could help them learn and get better. They even showed no interest in hearing the right answer when they got a question wrong, because they'd already filed it away in the failure-based basket. They just didn't want to bring it out. But those with a growth mindset, on the other hand, were keenly attentive and ready, to, ready for information that could help them expand their existing knowledge and skill and get it more, more right next time, regardless of whether they got the question right or wrong. In other words, their priority was learning, evolution, growth, development, not, bi- not the binary trap of success and failure. These findings were really important in education and how we, as a culture, access, access intelligence. And I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I, I read a paper on it, and it's very interesting to hear. In this study, hundreds of students, mostly adolescents, researchers gave each 10 challenging problems from a nonverbal IQ test. In other words, written IQ test. Then praised the student for his or her performance. Most had done pretty well. But they offered two types of praise. Some students were told, wow, you got so many right. That's a really good score. You must be smart at this. While others, wow, you got so many right. That's a really good score. You must have worked really hard. Did you get the difference? One group were told, wow, you must be smart at this. The other group were told, you must have worked really hard. Some were praised for ability and others for effort. The findings at this point were most shocking. The ability praised students who got it right went straight into the fixed mindset and they showed all signs of it. When given a choice, they rejected a challenging new task they could learn from. They didn't even want to do anything that would expose their flaws and call into question the score they'd achieved there at Talent. In contrast, when students were praised for effort, 90% of them wanted the challenging new task that they could learn from. The most interesting part of this is what happened next. The students were given a subsequent set of harder problems on which the students didn't do so well. Suddenly, the ability-praised kids, the one that were told they were winners, thought they weren't so smart or gifted after all. If success for them meant they were intelligent, then less than success meant they were deficient. But for the effort-praised kids, the one that were told, wow, you must have worked really hard, the difficulty was simply an indication that they had to put in more effort not a sign of failure or a reflection of their poor intellect. And perhaps most importantly, the two mindsets automatically impacted the kids' level of enjoyment. Everyone enjoyed the first round of easier questions, which most kids got right. But as soon as the questions got more challenging, the ability-praised kids, the ones who had a fixed mindset, no longer had fun while the effort-praised kids, the growth mindset, not only still enjoyed the problems, but even said the more challenging was more fun. 
The latter had also significant improvements in their performance as the problems got harder, while the former get, got getting worse and worse, as if discovered by, discouraged by their own success or failure. The most unsettling finding came after the IQ questions were completed when the research asked the kids to write private letters to their peers telling them about the experience, including a space for reporting their scores on the problems. Watch this. The most toxic byproduct of the fixed mindset turned out to be dishonesty. 40% of the ability praised kids, success and failure, lied about their scores, inflating them to look more successful. In the fixed mindset, imperfections are shameful, especially if you're talented. So they lied them away. What's so alar alarming is that they took ordinary children and made them into liars simply by telling them they were smart. Now this illustrates really powerfully the, two, the difference between the two mindsets. For those with a growth mindset, personal success is when you work your hardest to become your best. Whereas for those with a fixed mindset, success is about establishing their superiority, pure and simple. Being that somebody is worthier than the nobodies. For the latter, setbacks are a sentence and a label. For the former, they're motivating, informative input, a wake-up call, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to evolve. Now, before I move on to the application of this into relationships, I just want you to ask yourself the question about your workplace. Is your workplace rewarding the binary concept of success and failure? Is it rewarding you for outcomes and achievements? In other words, causing you to become a fixed mindset person like the kids? Or is it rewarding effort? I want you to think about this. Your organization, no matter how big or small, is subject to the human psychology of the latest and most up-to-date technology in human development, human resources. And yet, I'll guarantee you 99% that most of the feedback you get is success-failure uh, feedback, just like those kids. And it causes an incredible mental health problem because when we stop enjoying challenge, when we stop enjoying the next bit of growth and we try to start lying, that saying we've got a pack of uh, a full hand when we've only got two tens in our hand, we start becoming people we don't like to be. You think about the ramifications of what we've talked about today in a business sense, but now let's roll on. Let's talk about one of the most profound applications of this insight is not to do with business or education, but with love. In another paper I read, researchers found that people exhibited the same dichotomy of dispositions in their personal relationships as they do in their business. Those with a fixed mindset believed their ideal mate would put them on a pedestal and make them feel perfect, like God of one person religion. Whereas those with a growth mindset preferred a partner who would recognize their faults and lovingly help improve them someone who would encourage them to learn so they'd become a better person. The fixed mindset, it turns out, is at the root of many of our most toxic cultural myths about love.
the growth mindset says all of these things can be developed. All you, your partner and the relationship are capable of growth and challenge. In the fixed mindset, the ideal is instant, perfect and perpetual compatibility is expected. Like it was meant to be, like riding off into the sunset, like mm, they lived happily ever after. One problem is that people with a fixed mindset expect everything good to happen automatically. It's not that the partners will work to help each other solve their problems or gain skill. It's that this will magically occur through love. Sort of the way it happened to Sleeping Beauty, whose coma was cured by a prince, or Cinder Bloody Rella, whose miserable life was suddenly transformed by a, pris, a prince. By Chris. This also applies to the myth of mind, mind reading, where the fixed mindset believes that an ideal couple should be able to read each other's minds and finish each other's sentences. In relationships, people with a fixed mindset feel threatened and hostile after talking about even minor discrepancies in how they saw their partner and how their partner saw their relationship and how they saw bringing up the kids. And even a minor discrepancy threatened their belief that they shared all of each other's views. But the most destructive of all relationship myths is the belief that if it requires work, something is wrong, and that any discrepancy of opinions or preferences is indicative of a character flaw on behalf of one's partner. Just as there are no great achievements without setbacks, there can be no great relationships without conflicts and problems, support and challenge. But when people with a fixed mindset talk about their conflicts, they assign blame. Sometimes they blame themselves, but most of the time they blame their partner. He did this and she did that and she did this and he did that. And they assign blame to a trait, a character flaw. She's tough or she doesn't care or she's selfish. or she's. But it's, it doesn't end there. When people blame their partner's personality for a problem, they feel anger and disgust towards their partner. And it barrels on. Since the problem comes from fixed trait, it can't be solved. So once people with the fixed mindset see flaws in somebody, they become contemptuous of them and dissatisfied with the whole relationship. Those with a growth mindset, on the other hand, can acknowledge their partner's imperfections without assigning blame and still feel that they have a fulfilling and beautiful, loving relationship. They see conflicts and as problems of communication, not of personality or character. This dynamic holds true and as much in romantic uh, partnerships as in friendships or at work. When people embark on a relationship, they encounter a partner who is different and they haven't learned how to deal with the differences. In a good relationship, people develop these skills. As they do, both partners grow and the relationship deepens. But for this to happen, people need to feel they're on, a same, on the same side. As an atmosphere of trust develops, they become vitally interested in each other's development. What it all comes down to is that a mindset is an interpretive process that tells us what's going on around us. In the fixed mindset, that process is scored by an internal monologue of constant judging and evaluation. And what do we call that monologue? We call it mind noise. Using every piece of information as evidence, either for or against an assessment as to whether you're a good person, whether your partner is selfish, or whether you're a better person than, you were, than the person next to you. 
In a growth mindset, which has less mind noise, on the other hand, the internal monologue is not one of judgment, but one of ferocious appetite to learn, to constantly try to find new ways, new inputs, new processes, to, in other words, evolve. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's one of the more important understandings of why we use gratitude, presence, certainty, and love as a, as a, as a model to help develop a growth concept which is nature's way of saying evolve your bastard because that's why you're on the planet. I hope you understand that support and challenge will always be equal in your life. I hope you understand that order and chaos are healthy balance. That when people say I need more balance in their life, really what we're looking for is balance in the hour, balance in the moment of support and challenge. That's a growth mindset. And a growth mindset is what children can develop where they're not afraid to fail, where process and effort become important, not the trophy for winning the end of the race. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. (laughs) Bye for now.